Did you know you are physically adapting to all your swiping, scrolling, and tapping? We're changing our bodies and what they're able to do through our habits. NPR's Body Electric, a special interactive series investigating how to fix the relationship between our tech and our health. Listen in the TED Radio Hour feed wherever you get your podcasts. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Kathy, can I, I want to, this, I had a big fight with Sly last night on this one. And can I spring it on you? It's, it's one of the phrases. Oh, Phil, I love it when you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I still, I had trouble seeing it. Sly doesn't see it. So if, if it's okay if I spring it on you and Fletcher. Fletcher, we always spring stuff on, so I'm not going to ask permission for that one. But... Well, that's Fletcher's job right <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> Prepare to be flummoxed. <laughs> but we're not flummoxing him enough, Ross. This is actually disturbing me. Well, I'm going to hear you guys say this one, because Sly was really adamant about it. So I want to hear okay. you guys say okay, okay, one second before you get started. I'm just going to let people know that uh, although they pressed play, I'm sure, on the podcast machine uh you're listening to you're saying it wrong and i'm fletcher powell and that was ross petrus and that's kathy petrus and ross is in <laughs> toronto and kathy's in armia spain ross go go okay i will i'll leave then forget it no <laughs> yeah. one likes it anymore yeah. Aha, <laughs> yeah. that's the ambiguity <laughs> of english <laughs> okay we're going to be talking today about things that don't quite make sense in english again and actually, I should amend that. They don't make sense in many languages. Not English is not alone in not making sense frequently. <laughs> but first, first, we're going to talk about something that you put flowers in. It is called. Oh, a... wait a second. I thought you were going to spring something that you and Sly had a debate oh, about. Oh, I was going to spring. Oh, I'm now I understand. Maybe we should start over again. That's going to be springing on during the conversation on things we don't understand. Ah, OK. So it'll it'll just pop oh. up at some point in the middle. Ooh, this is fun. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, well, let me just put this. Let me they start it this way. I'm going to spring a sentence on Kathy, because Kathy confidently said, as is Kathy's <laughs> way, "How can you not see that?" <laughs> so I was at a party. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I was at a party, and I mentioned it to like several people. One of whom was a professor of English. One of whom was a professor of business. One of whom who was a, a bishop of Toronto. And they didn't see it either. So I felt a little bit better. So I want to spring yeah, it on you guys. To I, see Ross, it. got a bachelor's degree in English, okay? So I got <laughs> okay. my bona fides here. Okay. I, I think I, fig I figured it out, but I do think at first glance or at first hearing, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's the that's the kicker in the deck. We're at the kicker in the deck. That's a bad uh, mixed idiom there. I've never heard. But <laughs> <laughs> Roll with it, Ross. The You're joker in the deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's we're, punt. <laughs> we're going to start, though, with something, uh, the pronunciation of something. I, I just want to hear. Can I think. read it, Russ? We got an email from Kyle from San Diego who wanted us. He said, help us settle a debate. My partner says, you say the thing that holds flowers, which is spelled V-A-S-E. Well, how do you pronounce that, Fletcher? Vase. That's it. Vase. Okay. Yeah. He says, my partner says. You say the thing that holds flowers is pronounced vase. Mm -hmm. I say that's the pretentious, wrong way to say it. It's vase like base. Then he said, I'm right, right? Or at least more <laughs> right, which I actually liked. Ah. He's admitting that 
at least more right as in it's the most accepted way. So I, I, I personally think, I guess if we're talking about like a really expensive decorative thing, then maybe you can get fancy like that. But uh, <laughs> un, un, unless a vase and a vase are two different things, I would always say vase. Well, here's something Kathy found that I didn't, I haven't heard. I don't think I talk about vase. I say vase too. Vases I too do say vase. I don't talk about it that much, but in Canada, the number one pronunciation is vase in America, in the mm -hmm. States, I mean. Mm -hmm. So Kyle, you're more right, yes. I say. <laughs> but Kath, say what you found out about Canada, which I didn't know. Yeah, uh, Merriam-Webster says that the number two, Merriam, sorry, Webster, says that the number two pronunciation as in um, vase, as like haze, is heard usually in Canada. So it's not, you hear it sometimes in the U.S., but you hear it more in Canada. And then vase is is British. Usually British, yeah. sometimes in Canada, and sometimes in the U.S. Huh. Which I, but I haven't heard that, but I don't think I talk about like vases, flower vases, vases that much so <laughs> vase yeah that's interesting but i'm I, I, it doesn't sound right to me at all I, I would think if you have the z sound it would be i would say then pronounce it with a z sound i would say vase that if i'm told you wouldn't say vase i would never vase. say vase no i also found that the oed has uh back in the 1800s and 1700s for that matter they had vase rhyming with face most likely, which is more like base. So that's, it, that seems to be the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to throw one little Latinite thing here, if you guys can bear it. Um, it would come, it comes basically from old French, but from old French, it got it from Latin. And in Latin, it's a long A. So in Latin, I guess it was pronounced vos, like that. A long A is A, base. A long A, though, in Latin is like father. It's a long A in Latin is boss. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the long we we have to do the great vowel change in English one of these days. Yeah. But it wouldn't have it would have been pronounced, I guess, boss in old English probably as boss. well. Boss. I don't like it. I like vase. But whatever. In Latin it, it originally comes from a word with a long A like ah. So I guess the British in a way preserves the Latin. It doesn't, you know, for what it's worth. Who cares what the you know Romans said? It, it's what we say now. I actually care deeply for us, what the Romans said. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> what would Marcus Aurelius say? Boss. Boss. <laughs> we know that. So. <laughs> I will start. I will change now. <laughs> okay, Fletcher. This time we last time we talked about. Do you remember garden path sentences and crash blossoms? Right. They were sentences that didn't kind of make sense, and so we're doing more of the something's not quite right here. Yeah, so, so. The, these were sentences um, that I guess grammatically were technically correct, but really didn't make any sense whatsoever when you read them. Right. Now we're going to get a little bit, we're going to kind of step out a little farther into the jungle of English, and we're going to ask you a question. What does this sentence mean? More people have been to Russia than I have. <laughs> <laughs> more people have been to russia than i have yeah that, that's so weird oh it makes me feel all kind of squirmy inside it's, <laughs> it's it's like the kind of thing that it seems like you would easily say but what could you possibly mean i mean other i mean I'm pasting it so you can even see it. okay <laughs> more people have been to russia than i have <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I mean, what could, what could you be saying? The people have 
been to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't? I don't know. Okay. This is called an Escher, as in the artist sentence. And it's different because, now this is a bona content, it's different from garden pass sentences we had because at first glance to a lot of people, believe it or not, because you don't seem to think so, it seems to make sense. Well, I mean, it, it that, that's why it made me feel all squirmy inside is because it feels like like it it makes sense. But then once I thought about it, it, it I couldn't make sense of it. And and so, yeah, that's why it made me feel all weird. They did a they did a study with them. Um, unfortunately, it was Danish studies, but they asked people a similar sentence like, what does this mean? And like at first glance, if you just heard it, my how, would you get like a feeling that you sort of know what it means? I don't, because you said that, Royce. You said that to you, and it, it and initially it made it seemed like it made sense for me from the get go. I thought this is just wrong. And Fletcher agrees with you, Kathy, because Fletcher had the immediate response, and that's why I want to spring this next sentence on you guys, which Uh-oh. is <laughs> well, you've seen it already, Kathy. It's everywhere, but this one to me kind of made sense when I first heard it, and I want to hear everyone else. Analyze this, please. Okay, I'm going to read it to you, and then Fletcher's going to explain. I thought this at first glance made sense to me. Okay, in Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they did Mr. Kerry's. In Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they did Mr. Kerry's. Now, everyone I talked to said, yeah. Bush's ads were more negative than Kerry's ads. Well, more people pe- thought more, that. more people thought that his ads were negative. Yeah. yeah. Kathy said this is obviously didn't make sense the other day. But I think it does. I, I look at it and it makes sense to me. Kathy? I did? Yes. <laughs> Very vehemently. <laughs> That's what I brought it. Was I drunk? <laughs> In Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they did Mr. Kerry's ads. Actually, yeah, now I don't know what I was talking about. So we talked, let's go, let's go back. Let's revisit this a little bit later. Kathy, we explained to the, like, to Fletcher what a, what an Escher sentence is. Do you want to go on to that, Kath, really more? No, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about this, this sentence that I apparently was vehement about. Now I don't understand why I did, was, because no. I think I can see why it's wrong, why it's an Escher sentence, but I also don't think it really, um, I mean, if I heard that, I don't think I would even stop. I think I stepped on you a little bit earlier, Kathy. Can you can you explain a little bit more what an Escher sentence is? Oh, what an Escher sentence is. Okay, um, they're they're also called comparative illusions, I L L illusions. It's they seem to be acceptable, but when you look at it, there's no sense to them. There's a mismatch between the parts of the sentence, but it appears. Like it works. Like, okay, going back to the more people have been to Russia than I have, you start thinking, okay, more people have been somewhere and I have not been there as often or whatever. So it sounds right. But then when you take the sentence apart, it doesn't, it doesn't click. There, there's no match between it. Yeah, the opening clause is called a matrix clause. It's a clause that it, another clause sort of plugs into. And the clause or the part of the sentence that it plugs into doesn't make sense with the first clause. So it defies syntactical sense. It is wrong. It's a wrong sentence. I mean, if we go back to the the R- Russia, because I still want to think more about more people have been to Russia than I have. 
it sounds like you could think, okay, more people have been to Russia than I've been to Russia. Um, what? What is that? Yeah, but, but that doesn't make any sense either, does it? Some people. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm being an Asher. No, you could mean, okay, some people have been to Russia. I have not been to Russia. I have been to Russia, but not as often as some people. Yeah. And a lot of people have been to Russia. It's just, it, it becomes ridiculous. But it ties in, though. As we said that, Kathy said, at first, the really nonsensical one of more people have been to Russia than I've been to Russia, which is obviously when we hear it is nonsensical. <laughs> right. But but when you think about it, we were talking last week about, you know, these garden path sentences and stuff. And we said that people like take the opening part or, or the part that sounds sort of reasonable and they go on from there. And I think we go on to more people have been to Russia and we kind of go, yeah, that that makes sense. Our brain goes, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Then we read then I and we go, yeah, more people have been there than and then that's what Kath did. She just went that I, which doesn't yeah. make sense, but we kind of, but the two clauses sort of make sense independently. And I think our brain sometimes when we're tired Fills doesn't like in. put it together and say it's wrong. We just hear yeah. they sound reasonable. And I mean, that's the problem really with a lot of times with language, because it just, if it sounds reasonable, we're predicting as we, as we read, what's the next thing going to be. And it sounds we're basically getting a vague idea of more people have been to Russia. A lot of people have been to Russia and I don't go to Russia that often. And I think we kind of like predict it means really kind of something like I don't go to Russia that much, but they do that sort of thing. It's wrong, but we sort of kind of squidge it into meaning. Okay. You think I'm going back to in Michigan, Minnesota, because I did think the other day it was clearly gibberish. Mm -hmm. And now I'm having now I'm finding it. Okay. You think it's saying that in Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they did Mr. Car- than they found Mr. Kerry's ads negative. Correct? No. That's what you think it says. I'm yeah, saying. that's what. Oh, that you're completely correct. That's what you okay. think it says. Yes. Right. That, so you're filling in, like you said, you're squidging, if you will, in uh, Mr. Kerry's ads negative. You're filling that in. You're going okay. Mm-hmm. You're making it parallel construction. Mm-hmm. But, but that's not there. No, because what happens is with these, first of all, these things usually go with parallel constructions, usually parallel constructions in the same, um, the same plurality or whatever. And the, the subject of the sentence is more people. And so more people is being compared to than. So it's incorrect because it doesn't work. Oh, OK. What if we what if you took out the word they? That's what I'm thinking. The they is the issue. In Michigan and Minnesota. Right now it says in Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they did Mr. Carey's. Than Mr. Right. If, yeah. yeah. If we just if turned just it into. Than Mr. Carey. Yeah, yeah. In Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than did Mr. Carey's. No, it's still not correct. Than, than Mr. Carey's. I mean, uh, so, okay. So if you took out they did. More. Oh, crap. We should. We should. We're going to get. We're going to get letters coming in right here. <laughs> I know. It should be. In, okay, wait a minute. In Michigan and Minnesota, people, people found, found Mr. Bush's ads more negative than Mr. Carey. That's, that's, they got it. That's not the more is in the wrong but, place. But that, that's also not saying, that's not saying necessarily the same thing. Well, the comparative, though, here is with people, is with the subject of the sentence, more people. Right. We're not, the comparative is not ads. The comparative there is more people found. So I, I think Kathy just did. I think Kathy did it right. But I don't I don't think that says the same thing. The way the, what what you want this to say right now is like 
10 people found Mr. Bush's ads negative, eight people found Mr. Kerry's ads negative, right? Mm -hmm. More people found right. Mr. Bush's ads negative. What Kathy was doing was saying people found Mr. Bush's ads more negative. That's Ooh. true. I wasn't doing the number. That I agree right. with you. So then, that was okay. A qualitative, now I'm going to try attempt qualitative number two. statement about the ads. Yeah. 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 Because that does change the mean possible meaning. You're right. We don't know right You're now. right. Okay. So then you could say. This is a toughie, actually. Okay. In Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they found Mr. Kerry's ads negative. That's what my wife, Sylvia or Sly, we know her as, said. That's what she said. Yeah. So say it again, Kathy. In Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than they found Mr. Kerry's ads negative. That doesn't make any sense. No, though. it doesn't because they is referring to the more no, people. Yeah. They is referring to the problem is the subject is people and it the they, the comparative should well, be. Well, could for you do people. okay in Michigan and Minnesota, more people found Mr. Bush's ads negative than Mr. Kerry's ads. It's the sentence. No, Sorry. the problem I'm gonna repeat it. The problem is the subject. The subject is people. More people than. More people did this than that. So I I think it doesn't make any sense. I think at first glance, it clearly does. When we hear it, we kind of get the idea. But I don't think it makes sense grammatically. And clearly, since it's been like mentioned in like virtually every linguistic text in, in, uh, on the online or in books, it does make sense. This is a little bit the opposite of what we were talking about last week in that apparently this doesn't make sense grammatically, but it does make sense when we just read it. Like it actually makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think it actually makes sense. I. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's grammatically correct, it's telling me that more people thought Mr. Bush's ads were negative than people thought Mr. Kerry's ads were negative. Like right. the, there, are more, there are more That's, people yeah. on the Bush negative side than on the Kerry negative side. Right. So, so w whereas last week we were talking about sentences that were grammatically correct that you couldn't make any sense of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. It is because I mean this is a problem now. Okay, first I want to say I, I've been I just looked it up and I love this term. Um, the linguist uh, Jeffrey Pullum calls this plausible angloid gibberish, which is just <laughs> lovely, isn't it? I love that. I, I think that I think that's but, my daily mo. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the thing now that we always talk about the fact that that the whole point of of, of language is communication, and this is syntactically incorrect. But like you just said, Fletcher, I get it. Yeah. So so where do you draw the line? In a funny way, if if I ran across this in, you know, a, a newspaper article, I don't think I'd stop for a second. No, I, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And that's what everyone else said, too. And that's what I was like. That's why I, I threw it out, Kat, because I was surprised that you, you immediately said it was. Awkward. I was probably was... saying it just to be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ross, you don't understand these things. I do. <laughs> can I just throw, I mean, we're going off, but can I throw another one out and see what you all think? Yes, about please. This one? Yes. Okay, this is a, this was le uh, mentioned in, I think, Language Log, and it's from the 2003 issue of Golf Today. And they're saying it's a genuine non-linguist example of an Escher sentence. Okay? Okay. 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 And it's a golfer, Mr. Beam. I don't know much about golf, but apparently Mr. Beam is a big golfer. Okay. <laughs> With him breathing down my neck, I was still able to focus on what I was doing, Beam said. And here we go. Get ready. More people have analyzed it than I have, but it's a nice notion that Tiger was up near the lead and I outplayed him. 
And the Escher sentence here, or the sentence, this is a sort of a clause, but we can put in a period and make it a sentence. More people have analyzed it than I have. Mm-hmm. Now, I instantly understood it, but it's an Escher sentence. It's wrong. Yeah. He basically means people have analyzed it more than I have. Other yeah. people, right? But mm-hmm. but, yeah. but he said this is a lot like the Russia sentence a minute ago. More people have analyzed mm-hmm. it than I have, <laughs> which, of course, doesn't make any sense. No. That one is actually a little clearer. But would you but would you all have targeted that if you saw it written down? I don't think I would have. No. I would have read it as Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I would have I, I that one I think is a little more obvious though than the than the um, Michigan and Minnesota one. Yes. Because the I more so people too. you you is like the more Russia or whatever the other mm-hmm. one was, you know, the more people that visited Russia. Because that you just see it, but again, I don't think that you really stop. Because first of all, this is a quote, someone speaking, mm-hmm. and if someone said this to me, I don't think I'd I'd stop for a second. Mm-mm. It's interesting though. I'm just like looking at the more people, and and we go back to the more people have been to Russia, more people have analyzed this. It seems to me that that's like is I I'm assuming now is that a common Escher sentence when you 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 put the more in the wrong place? Yeah. You, you you're. I'm just wondering. It's a good question because it it feels like something that you'd hear all the time. But now that we're talking about it, I can't imagine I've been hearing people say this. Have no, I? they're relatively rare. Tactically, what happens, Escher sentences usually have a matrix clause, which is the opening clause. What's that mean, like matrix clause? Okay. Matrix clause means like basically the like kind of the master clause that you plug in everything else into, other clauses into. Okay. And it has basically you're making a comparison between two sets of people or individuals, but there are no individuals in the second clause. So we had like the I have is it's not you're not comparing like them and, and, and me. You're comparing what they did with more people at the earlier part. Do you see that or not? Am I making myself what, vaguely yeah. clear? <laughs> I, I, I kind of get it. I think it's a hard thing to explain. I mean, sort of like when you look at an Escher work right the the like yeah. the legs of those chairs aren't quite matching up and that's a hard thing to explain exactly because first you and also you initially see them as regular but then your eye suddenly notices that but wait that one's there now too mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. what i found interesting is these are relatively this is a relatively new um relatively new uh thing they i what i had read was they were first um noted in 1984 which is quite recent in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe. That they were noticed. More that. people have discovered that. <laughs> than I <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the easier ones like the Chomsky sentence. Don't you, Kath? Oh, yeah. That's another one. I like this. This is another sentence where something is right. It's the opposite, if you will, of an Escher sentence. I think that Chomsky sentences is... For writers, sort of makes sense. And it, basically, it's I'm going to give Fletcher the sentence, and let's let Fletcher deduce what a Chomsky sentence is. This is named after Noam Chomsky. Yes. Okay. Correct. Good. Actually, it's John Bill Chomsky. Bill <laughs> 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 Bob. Yeah. Bob Chomsky. Bob Chomsky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colorless green ideas sleep furiously. Oh, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. So technically, I mean. Uh, that's, I guess, grammatically correct, but of course, it's it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Okay. Now, can we throw one more out then? 
you want to try it donkey sentence gath or not should we donkey <laughs> here's a donkey sentence it amazes me though the more you dig it's any well, donkey hole in this case as opposed to rabbit hole but it's like the more you start looking at stuff the more you discover that english is very conf- i mean any languages i know that okay a donkey sentence is one <laughs> that has a donkey <laughs> pronoun in it okay i'm going to give you one example this is like the most famous uh, example. It's from 13. I'm not going to give you the Latin. I'm going to give it to you in English. Because Why don't I give it to Latin? It's true. I've been wanting it like dingham. Okay. Every man who owns a donkey sees it. <laughs> See, sees, sees the donkey? Every man who owns a donkey sees it. Okay, so so what what are we trying to do here? We're we're trying to decide I mean, what what's the problem here? Well, we don't. Or is there a problem? Well, we don't. I have no context, um, so I don't know what it is necessarily referring to. What one one assumes that if you own a donkey, you are likely to see it. Although, right, not everyone has the ability to see with their eyes, so that may not be true. But it could. I mean, it could be referring to something else completely outside of that sentence. You know, um, like, let's say we're talking about metaphorically donkeys are, well, donkeys are stubborn, right? Um, and you say, why, why do you, why are <laughs> you calling? very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fletcher knows quite a bit about donkeys, I think. Here, so. <laughs> well, you know what? I've watched Amazing Race a lot. And every time there's a task with a donkey, I tell, I, I yell at the screen, don't choose that task. Don't choose that task. Uh, I mean, basically, I don't know what it's, what, what every man is seeing i think you're really right you're right right on the money on this one these sentences are grammatically correct and they have they have the 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 problem is the pronoun it's called a donkey pronoun or a donkey on a fora the it obviously and the syntactical role i mean this it, it it's good good english it's correct but it's sort of vague because we have a problem like what exactly is that pronoun mm-hmm. and that and therein lies the donkey pronoun. So this is a sentence that is correct, but going back to our earlier example from last time, not quite clear. That's a donkey pronoun. Because we go back to, you're right, because it's the it. The it is, as you said, the issue. I mean, like, well, okay, every uh, man who owns a donkey sees the donkey or the man. I mean, who, what? Or, you know. or sees that donkeys are very stubborn. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the problem. Yeah, because you're right. It could be whatever. Yeah, and that's yeah. the whole problem. And again, I think as with the, um, uh, not with the Escher sentences, but with, or is it with the Escher sentences now? Escher sentences, yeah, not the Chomsky. It, again, if you go really quickly, I think that this could pass by you and you wouldn't really pay attention, mm-hmm. depending on the context. Well, I think context would tell you everything you need to know. Probably. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. probably. But linguists have a problem with it because the uh, it's challenging because the it is, you know, what right. you basically said, the it isn't clearly, isn't clear in that sense. That's all. But we have one now. Kath, do you want to read Okay, our... This is like, okay, this one, because you've been doing very well, Fletcher. <laughs> okay. Can you make this into, I'm going to give you the thing. I'm pasting it in. Can you make this into coherent English. This is about negatives. We're introducing another topic that we'll end with. 
Okay, I'll read this out loud. This is going to be a little hard for people to follow with their ears, I think, because it's quite long, and also because it, uh, I'm guessing, doesn't make any sense <laughs> once, once I read it. Here we go. China has never committed to not taking non-peaceful means to solve the Taiwan issue, simply because such a commitment would make peaceful reunification impossible. So the first part there, China has never committed to not taking non-peaceful means. So we have three negatives in a row, Fletcher. Right. A triple negative. So they've never committed, so they've never said that they would do this, to not taking non-peaceful means. Not, so. <laughs> this would just, <laughs> When we both found this, we, we, we were doing just what you're doing, Fletcher. It's like, I could never not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I triple should, dog dare you. <laughs> I should add, this was a letter to the editor to the New York Times from the Chinese uh, embassy press counselor a long time ago in 1989. I don't think that helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does a little. It does a little because because uh, bureaucratic uh, language, they try to get real wiggly, don't they? Just well, so they... yeah. It's like, so they never committed it. They, so they never said they, they were going to do it. They never said that they would do this. They never said they would not take non-peaceful means. Non-peaceful means would be violent means i guess let's just say right. so china has never committed to not taking violent means never committed to not doing it so basically they say we've never said we wouldn't be violent we've 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 never said that we would be peaceful yeah but that's what that, I, that's what we got to but then read the latter part of the uh, uh, the last part of the sentence because such a commitment would make peaceful reunification impossible mm -hmm. i mean that that sounds like um bureaucracy a uh, bureaucracy a bureaucracy trying to have it both ways. I guess so, because if we're not taking violent means, that would make peaceful reunification. The only way to save the union is to destroy it or something like that? I guess. I don't know. Well, because if, if you've got... Okay, wait, if it's like negative, negative, negative. So the first negative cancels out the second negative. So we... Never not is a positive, but the non one of the negatives has to stand, right? <laughs> I don't know. There are three. <laughs> I don't know. So could you say China has committed to not taking non-peaceful? No, that doesn't make sense. Never That's committed. That's right. We go back. Never committed. They've never said that they would not take violent violent means. means. Right. We've never we've never said we wouldn't be violent. Because if, yes. we, if we said that, we couldn't possibly have a peaceful reunification. Which doesn't make any sense. No, it, well, it, no, it doesn't make any sense. But it does sound like something a large government would say. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I ain't not gutting this. Nothing. Actually, though, I mean, Fletcher does have a point because you look at this and you can't really go, you know, I disagree because you're not sure what they say. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for your comment. <laughs> has never, because yeah, okay, never, okay, you always say never not, has never committed to not. So they have committed no. to doing. They haven't committed to anything. No. <laughs> well, I think the best way to end this, Fletcher, is when we get to the double and triple negatives, we're going to say this, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're Saying It Wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. 
Our digital team is Beth Golay and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can email me at powell at kmuw.org or email them at kandrpetris at gmail.com. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.